kiddos, and welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures and real-life dads with real feelings. I'm your host, Merritt, and today we're talking about Tim the Toolman Taylor Timbo of the Tim Taylor Home Improvement Show, Tool Time with Tim the Toolman Taylor. Tim Taylor is the main character of Timbo's Tool Time Adventure, uh, a television show that aired in the mid-90s about a man who despises his family and his job and everyone around him and seeks to return to a primal state of oneness with nature, free from the responsibilities of family, friendship, work, and society. Uh, this show can be really closely traced to the mythopoetic men's movement, which is all about men getting back in touch with nature and their, their sort of primal selves. And it's a show about a man named Tim Taylor, who is a tool man. And he has three sons, and uh, all of his tools are his sons as well. His sons are named Randall Jackson and um, Tim Jr., I think. Um, One of them was played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who later went on to be in movies. The premise of the show is that he lives with his wife and children. His wife is named Jill, and he is a child of a man who is a dad, is a father, but not so much of a dad. He uh, he only has sons because having a daughter is gay. Uh, and um, he and his wife seem to hate each other very much. Uh, they get into arguments in every episode, and... He destroys part of the house because he's so mad, which is, uh, it seems like kind of a bad sign um, in the home to be working out your frustrations by destroying things. Some people say that that's a good way to work out your anger by destroying an object, but I think that actually just feeds it and that isn't a good thing to do. Tim feels stuck in his job, which is being on a TV show about tools where he constantly emasculates the only person who shows him any support in his life, his friend Al Borland, who wears the same flannel shirt and has a beard. Uh, His job is to be on a TV show where he does tools, but he always does them too much. His phrase is um, stronger power, more power, we need it. Um, that's his catchphrase that he says, and, uh, he always, uh, destroys something, he gets it wrong, and he tries to bring in a very powerful machine to, uh, to do something better or faster. He's always looking for a way to do it, um, better than everyone else, uh, but it always goes wrong. Um, and... I think that he is bored with his life and feels stagnant and that he is trying to destroy himself with his, with these machines. Every time he's frustrated though, Al keeps telling him, I don't think so, Tim, but Tim does think so. He seeks to escape from the stultifying life of being a father and Ideally, like I said, he would like to return to the life of a beast and a caveman, which he idolizes, you know, go out and club a meat and then eat a meat over the fire. Um, 
because men are basically programmed to do think two things, right? To kill and bonk. Um, but Tim can't do that in modern society. He has to wear a tie and go to work and make money to pay for his sons to have Hot Topic shirts at the mall. And he does it because he's too much of a coward to do anything else. But he desperately is trying, under the, the guise of being a powerful man who wants to build these, these powerful machines, he's trying to destroy himself and take himself out of the picture because he knows he can never go back to the caveman. He is disgusted by his Malgoth child and also by his wife who tries to uh, go back to school and then go to work for a magazine. And then he feels threatened by the fact that, uh, that, you know, that she is also in the spotlight and uh, none of his sons are interested in tools. He has an older son named Brad who is, does sports, but Brad doesn't even like tools. And, um, Tim hates this and wishes that his sons were more into tools. And um, at home, the only person that he really seeks out for advice is a man who lives next door named Wilson, who was once a member of or related to the Beach Boys. I don't really remember. But um, Al is a face behind a fence and... Uh, you never learn his identity. Maybe he's made up by Tim. He's split off. Um, he's, you know, created this persona like in Fight Club that can express the things that he can't. Only like in Fight Club, it was like expressing these like frustrations with modern masculinity and wanting to escape from consumerism and stuff. And in this, maybe it's like the part of Tim that feels that he should, like, love his family and be responsible towards them, but um, but he, he can't accept those feelings, so he has to split them off into this alternate self named Wilson, which, after all, backwards, is Tim Taylor. And uh, he has to constantly consult him in every episode, and he advises him to, like, let his sons chew on his bones and gives him just, like, really weird, uh, weird input. And speaking of his sons, like, I think Tim's behavior towards his children is imitated by his, his sons. So, like, the two older kids uh, ruthlessly abuse uh, Marcus, who is the young one. And Randall um, and Dixon, they both tell him, like, you were supposed to be a girl. Santa Claus is dead. Um, you're adopted. And then he becomes a Molgoth as a result. So, like, the cycle of abuse is continuing in that family because Tim is, um, you know, he, pit, he like, makes his sons fight to, like, um, prove which is the best, like, the heir to the Tim. And uh, he makes them want to, he wants them to do tools, and they don't want to do tools. Um he lies to Jill a lot, his wife. He, um, you know, he, he buys, he spends money on things like uh, model cars that he says are investments. He buys stereo systems and is like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I made it for you. 
um, are you crazy? And um, they have like a really bad relationship. They're modeling a really bad um, way of relating between between adults for their kids, which is like really messed up. Um, and I don't feel like we talk about that enough. Uh, Tim's only other adult relationship is with his co-worker, co-star Al Borland. Um, everyone hates Al, uh, despite the fact that he is the only responsible person on the show, aside from their female co-star. Uh, he is a bear who is like also kind of a lumberjack, but Tim, you know, Tim, I imagine... And I don't know if there's any canon evidence on this, but like I'm pretty sure he grew up as like a popular kid who was like came from a good family and was like on a football team and was like really well off and everyone liked him and he was kind of a shithead about it. And I feel like he is never he's the kind of person who has never grown out of high school. Um, And to him, Al is just like the nerds that he bullied in high school like his default means of relating to people is to be kind of abusive towards them um and when he detects weakness he immediately zeroes in on it and uses it to psychologically tear down the other person and i think there was kind of a flanderization thing that happened with al like at first maybe he wasn't quite that kind of target And then by like a few seasons in, he becomes just like, he is just constantly being torn down by Tim in front of a live studio audience, which is like really upsetting. And you just want Al to like stand up for himself and yell at Tim. But all he can do is say like, I don't think so, Tim. Um, And meanwhile, Tim is just obsessed with power. He's like super power hungry. Um, And he... You know, I I said that he wants to die, but I think he also wants to live forever. Um, He is obsessed with power. Um, He has this car in his garage that he's working on, like most of the the show. And um, he doesn't finish it because I think that he needs to leave things unfinished because if he finishes everything, then he realizes that he's going to die. Um, and it, as long as he has something unfinished, he know that he he knows that he can't die, or that if he does die, he'll come back as a ghost because he has unfinished business, uh, which is what the film Casper uh, taught me about ghosts. He, again, though, he is obsessed with power, which is like a patriarchal impulse to control and to dominate nature. Um, and to sort of be the master of one's environs, he straps tools together. He puts like jet engines on lawnmowers. He um, has this like Christmas like like war with with one of his neighbors. Um, everything is like a one upping with him. Like nothing is ever. He can never saddle for anything. He always needs more power. That is like his phrase that he uses all the time. Um, He demands more power. Uh, He will never rest until he has enough power. Um, And then again, he is kind of also like, he, he, it's interesting because he wants to use modern technology to control the world around him and to um, 
to become a sort of technocratic master of the world, but he also seems to disdain the kind of, you know, bureaucratic political control of the world, which I think speaks to Tim Allen's actual beliefs about how things happen and are run. Um, he wants to have power in the sort of raw animal sense as well. He always takes his shirt off and makes his sons take their shirt off and makes them prove that they're men by making a noise that's like a yelp barking noise that's like in the theme song. Um, and maybe we'll get a clip of that if we have the rights, if we can secure the rights to use the Tim Allen bark where he makes uh, makes it sound like that he's a dog and that he is uh, yelping and he's like, Arr! uh, well, that's one of them. He does some other ones, but, um, he, I, he, he exemplifies this tension, I think in modern masculinity or at least in masculinity of the nineties, maybe it's not quite so relevant anymore where on the one hand, he is enamored with the possibilities of control and power that the modern world affords him as a white heterosexual man. He's entering a world where there's, you know, as, as of unimagined potential for power and destruction and control on a scale that exceeds anything before it, um, industrialization, but also, I mean, you know, like, the internet and um, just like the the sort of rush of electronics and modern consumerist tools, and I don't I'm not speaking of tools merely in like the power tool sense, but in just the general sort of sense for management and understanding of the world. And he encounters that, and on the one hand, he is very attracted to it, and he thinks that like these will afford him a kind of safety in the world through either, you know, home security technologies or, um, or tools that can be used to master nature. And on the other hand, he is repelled by these things and he sees them as threats to his masculinity. Um, these sorts of tools and systems are ways that equalize the playing field between powerful and weak men. Um, they sort of remove the necessity for physical power and for sort of dominance of wills. If, you know, the same man doesn't take a, a physically powerful man to operate a forklift um, or a power drill, and Tim is threatened by that as you know, a, a man who wants to be this powerful figure and embody this caveman kind of ethos or, or way of being, the fact that modern technology erases those distinctions is very upsetting to him. And so that explains his desire to abandon it all and return to the wild. And... Given that, I think it's interesting that there is a home improvement video game for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, and the first world of that game, the first level, which notoriously nobody ever made it past, 
is a dinosaur world. And it's supposedly the set of a dinosaur show that's being filmed in the same studio as Tool Time. But there are real dinosaurs that are trying to kill Tim Allen. So he has been, in a very literal sense, transported back to this sort of caveman fantasy, which in his imagination is inhabited by dinosaurs, which we know was not the case. Um, Early humans didn't coexist with, with dinosaurs. But Tim, his his image of that time has been constructed by cartoons and 1950s uh, textbooks. And he believes that he would be fighting an apatosaurus and eating it for the delicious meat uh, under its armor. And he is running around in the game, this world with his tools. So he has been transported back, a modern man with access to nail guns and chainsaws. And he is rampaging through this world of dinosaurs who couldn't possibly understand. I mean, you know, you see a velociraptor and you think that's like a powerful creature and we should be afraid of it because it can open doors. And Tim says, well, I can also open doors and also I have a power drill and um, I'm going to just kind of saw style um force this velociraptor to power drill its own eyeballs out. Because once he's been transported away from the confines of society, that's the kind of person that he becomes. Um, But it's interesting that that game is actually impossible to beat. Um, There's no, no one has ever completed that first level. um, Because that kind of exemplifies Tim's whole deal is that he wants to go back, but he knows deep in his heart that he can't. And that if he were to do that, he fears that he wouldn't have what it takes because he's become so enmeshed in these webs of technology and um, you know, technological power that without access to more power that he the, without the access to that more power that he craves, could he face a dinosaur in combat and win? And that's kind of one of his deep insecurities, which leads him to abuse his children and Al and possibly his wife. Additionally, the instruction manual to that book, to that game, um, which is in the book, is, uh, you know, the instruction manual typically of a video game uh, tells you how to move Mario uh, it tells you the story of Mario and what he's going to do in the game. Um, and uh, in this game, it uh, it has sort of that printed, uh, printed like, on it. But on top of it, um, there's a big sort of, like, fake sticker that says, Real men don't need instructions. Which is a very funny joke, um, but also kind of makes it impossible to actually beat the game. Um, and like I said, no one has done it before. So, um, you know, uh, one thing that I learned in researching this episode is that uh, when Home Improvement was going really well, they wanted to make a movie, and the storyline was that um, the uh, Jim and Tim. Jim and Tim got Jim and Till 
got divorced and then Tim dresses up as a woman to be a nanny so that he can see the boys. And if that sounds familiar, it's because that that's the plot of the film Mrs. Doubtfire. And this idea wasn't after that. It wasn't like trying to leap on the craze. Um, it was before. And Tim Allen really hated the idea because to dress as a woman is like basically the worst thing that he could think of. Um, aside from like being nice to Al. And so he said no. And he hates Al in real life too. Um, he hates Richard Karn a lot. But he didn't want to do it. And so they said, okay, no. But they kept the idea and then it became Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and uh, that's kind of interesting because Tim would never even think about doing some such a thing to get closer to his children. I think if Jill left and took his kids, he would immediately regress to an animalistic state um, and live in squalor and um, just destroy the rest of his house and like run off into the woods to live on his own and probably fail very quickly. And he would be found um, later, but then Al would take over the show and be like very happy and successful. Anyway, that's all I remember about the television series Tim Taylor's uh, Home Improvement Tool Time. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of Dad Feelings. And uh, if you like the show, please tell your friends. Um, if you want to get access to bonus episodes of the show, you can do that um, at steaming.com. If you want to get access to bonus episodes of the show, you can do that at stamian.co slash support, where you can become a patron on Patreon. And if you pledge $3 or more per month, you can get uh, access to bonus episodes of this show, as well as our sister show, Woodland Secrets. Um, and um, yeah, please, uh, please share the show with your friends. Um, don't ever watch Home Improvement. It's, um, it's not very good. Um, but, you know, um, say a prayer for Al Borland and I'll do it for this episode. So I will see you next week. Bye kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Say Me at dadfeelings.com slash support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at dadfeelings and at staymeanco. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.